Flashing your not flashing, but flashing your 32s and 22s from honoring the word in our lives. The Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and his name is Jesus. So when we honor the word, we're actually honoring Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's make this fake declaration. Are y'all ready? Everybody get ready good. Amen. All right, come on, say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I can never be. So after today, I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say, declare it. Month. This is the 12th chapter of this book we've been writing called 2018, the year of incredible breakthrough. So every month has been a topic that focuses toward breakthrough. So January was Jubilee January. February was what? Favored in February. Miraculous March. Amazing Life April. Momentum May. We talked about momentum and breakthrough. And then June was Just Do It June. Then it was Jehovah Jireh July because he is our provider. I don't care what your situation looks like. He is a providing God. And he will, he will cause you an experience breakthrough in your finances. Amen. Sometimes it's just a mindset change. But he is still Jehovah Jireh. Glory to God. And then we decided August would be apple of his eye August because we're all treasured by him. We're all super important. If you were to try to calculate how many thoughts God has towards just you in one day, the Bible says it's more in number than the sand. It can't even be counted. Hallelujah. So apple of his eye, August. You you are the apple of his eye. If God's going to, you ought to go around saying, I'm God's baby. If he's going to bless anybody, he's going to bless me. Amen. Apple of his eye, August. And then we just we decided that, uh, let's see, September would be what? Stretch out September. That you stretch into that next level. And then um, uh, October was over, overflow October. Then November was new levels November. And now we're here in December, and it is declare it December. Because there's so much potential that's waiting for us to talk it. Yes. So much potential in our lives that is waiting to be tapped into by the words that we speak. Our words are so incredibly important. I think it's, I talk about it all the time because I've gotten a revelation on how important it is, the words that we speak out of our mouth. But may we really get a real true revelation in our lives that presses us into that next level of breakthrough by just ordering the words that come out of our mouth. That we say like David, we set a watch over the door of our mouth. We don't allow anything to come out that we don't want. It's something that you got to train yourself to do. It's kind of like when you first get saved. You know how some of the words we used to use? <laughs> we don't forget them just because we got saved. That was a habit. That was a big part of my vocabulary. I got it from my mama. My mama could slip in and cuss work somewhere. She would surely slip it in. She was an expert cusser. She was just really good at it. I mean, I'm not saying that to be ugly. She, my mother was funny, wasn't she, Pastor Carol? My mother was. She was. She was a sweetheart. But um, but she could she could really get a point across with some of those words. And I was the same way. And so once I 
saved, you know, I had to clean my mouth up. Come on, somebody. Come on, but she's still there. Sometimes it's funny just to let one fly. It's funny. It's not, I don't think that's as bad as hating somebody or talking ugly about somebody. I really don't think it is. I, I don't think anybody ought to use bad language. But, you know, uh, I think even more we ought not talk bad about people. I think even more we ought not contaminate the atmosphere with, you know, just saying ugly things about another person. Because no matter who they are, they're a project of the Holy Spirit and He's working on them. Amen. So we have to clean up our mouths. And I'm not talking about cuss words. I'm talking about idle words. The Bible says that one day every man will give account for every idle word that we spoke. He said because by your words you'll be justified or by your words you'll be condemned. That's kind of scary. Isn't that kind of scary? Mm -hmm. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. It's kind of like, you know, when the FBI does an investigation, they put a tack in your house. You know, like the mob. they got to always wear their hands out and talk like this because, you know, they don't want anybody to see what they're saying because they, they, they can call for you can read lips. And they'll get them for what they said. So it's kind of like once they play those tapes, they can deny, 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 but when they play those tapes back, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did I really say that? Every word that we speak is being recorded. We ought to live like we are bugged. Because we are. Every word is important. He said for every word, we're going to have to give account. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we get control, that we, that we, it's not like God wants me to impart to you, it's like I can say this in tongues, but he doesn't want me to just impart to you the importance of words, but I'm supposed to challenge you to go to the next level in setting a watch and really being in tune with the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because a lot of us just have it. Just like the cuss words you said before you got saved, it was just habit. It was just part of my vocabulary. I didn't mean nothing bad about it. It was just part of my vocabulary. So now God wants us to stretch into another level of watching our words. And I want you, as couples, to hold each other accountable. Murray and I do that all the time. He got me the other day with something. He's like, what do you always say? That's not a good confession. Take it back. I'm <laughs> <laughs> always telling him, don't say that. That's bad. Don't take that back. Take it back. He's like, oh, I'll take it back. <laughs> so he got me on one the other day. Good job, babe. Good job. Huh? First time. <laughs> he got me on one. So, so I want us to be more accountable. It felt good. <laughs> Jack the pastor. Amen. So I want us to be, and I, that's what I feel the Spirit of God saying, is that I really want you to be like David and set a watch over the door of your mouth. Okay, let's get into the lesson so we'll understand. We really look at the scriptures and let the, the scriptures speak for us. Okay, so let's look at number one, the power of my declaration. Well, you know me and, and uh, how I like definitions. So the definition... De declare comes from two Latin words that mean thoroughly make clear. Da means thoroughly, and clare means make it clear. Making it thoroughly clear. That, that'll preach all by itself right there. Make it thoroughly clear. 
So declare, here's what it says in the dictionary. It says, say something in a solemn and emphatic manner. Say it like it's true. Say it like it's so. Proclaim, announce, state, reveal. Put a circle around reveal. Because that really is an important word when it comes to our words. Because our words are a revealer of our heart. Voice. Express. Set forth. Claim. Insist. You know, there's some stuff that we ought to just insist on. We ought to say, I will not be denied. I'm going to insist that the word is more true than my natural circumstances. Amen? Formally announce the beginning of a state or condition. Formally announce the beginning of a state or condition. You know, you might get a, a, a report from the doctor and they kind of feel like that's the final word. They do not have the final word or the final authority over my body. Amen. Amen, Tracy. It, they do not have the final authority. They might, they might have a, a education. They might have some, some uh, symptoms. But they do not have the final authority. The word of God as children. We know who we are, right? We just saying, I know who I am. I am a child of the living God. Let God, born again, child of the living God. And he has redeemed me from poverty, sickness, and the second death. So I'm redeemed from sickness. So whose report you going to believe? I declare and I formally make a statement that I am healed. I already was healed. Peter said, by the stripes you were healed. So you can even say, I was healed. It's already happened. Acknowledge possession of. So to declare is you're acknowledging the possession of what you have and who you are as a child of God. Announce that one holds a certain combination of cards in a card game. Ooh, you know when you've got a good set of cards and it comes time to show your cards. Oh, that's a good feeling. Isn't that a good feeling when you're, if you're playing spades and you know you got that ace of spades? No, I got every one of I don't care what they got. Because <laughs> they say, you know, you can just clown and cut up and throw it down. You know, you know some of y'all know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. You got to go Yeah. Well, it's like that. You know, you, you have the trump card. Did you hear me? You have the trump. I don't care what card you have. You might as well look at your deck and see that they're all aces, spades. Amen. 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 They all are because we have God's word on absolutely every situation that we can find ourselves in. Yes. Amen. Praise God. All right. James 3, 2. It says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. If we can get our mouths right... We'll move closer to perfection. Amen. 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 Number one, my tongue writes the script for my life and determines my destiny. That is so amazing to me when I look and I, I see that I have a part to play in the life that I'm going to live. God has come to provide abundant life for us. He said, I came that they may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's why he came. Amen. So that we can have that kind of life. But God lets us participate in receiving it. Yes. We have to believe it and then go, go about receiving it. Amen. And part of the receiving process is beginning to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. Amen. All right. So number one, uh, well, we already put that. James 3, 2 through 5. In the message translation, it says, if you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Mm. And that's good right there. I don't mind that. I should have gotten more than I should have gotten at least one idea. Amen. 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 
You'd have a perfect person. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, somebody who absolutely kept their mouth shut when they shouldn't say anything, that's hard for some of us, isn't it? That's hard. If I could just learn to shut up sometimes, I'd do a whole lot better. You know, the older you get, the wiser you get. You see some of the, you know, the older people in church, they don't say a whole lot because they're wise. It's better to just hush up sometimes. The speech was perfectly true. You have a perfect person in perfect control of life. How many of you would like to be more in control of your life? We've got to get this mouth working right. Verse 3 says, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls what? The The whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or... Whoa. Whoa. That's really strong words right there. So it's important. We can set a course in the face of the strongest wind and endure and get through it. Amen? We decide how we're going to go through a situation. We decide that we're going to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. Because a thermometer just tells you what the temperature is. Come on now. But a thermostat, you set the temperature what you want it to be. Come on now. So we have to decide that's what we're going to be. We are in control of life. We're in control of it with our words. Okay? Let's go let's go on. Number two. My words contain creative power. So your word contains power. Creative power. What I'm speaking is going to create it in my life. Mm-hmm. Words are creators. We're created in the image and the likeness of God. Amen? Amen? Before the foundations of the earth, God told Jeremiah, he said, before you were ever in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I called you and ordained you a prophet to the nation. So he knew, he knew uh, Jeremiah before he was ever even born. And he, he, he told him that he would be a prophet to the nations. And, and so... Jeremiah was a prophet, and he had creative power. See, God created each and every one of us in his own image and in his own likeness. Amen? We're created like him. God is a speaking spirit who created everything that we see. And he spoke it with his words. He said, let there be, and there was light. He didn't look in and say, it sure is dark in here, right? But he looked in and said, oh, no, this is not, this is not, this is not right. Let there be light. He didn't get an agreement with the darkness, but he spoke the light. And there was light. And the Bible says that it was, God saw that it was very good. So we have the same creative power within our words. There's something about sound. There's something about sound. When you read about Ezekiel, as God told him, he said, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, Lord God, you know. He said, talk to the bones. And tell them, tell them what what I say. Speak to the bones and tell them to live. So he spoke to the bones and he says, bones live. And he said, as I prophesied, there was a noise. There was a sound. As I prophesied, there was a sound. As I prophesied, there was a sound. As you begin to prophesy and speak over your own life, there was a sound. Things began to rattle and come together. The bones came together, and the Bible says they stood up on their feet in an exceedingly great army. It was a metaphor, but it's something that you and I ought to get a hold of. You 
got to look at that dead situation in your life and start talking to it. You got to look at your checkbook and start talking to it. If you, your money's looking funny and you, your change is looking strange, get out and start talking to it. Start pointing to it and say, you will, you, it, it, this is not right. This is not God's will for my life. And you begin to speak to it and call forth funds. Amen? Amen. Call forth deliverance. Call forth what it is that you need. Amen. Amen. That's how God has created you to live. You ought to be able to speak to something dead and cause it to live. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells and lives in you and me. We have the same spirit in us. Yes, praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So your words contain creative power. They're not just words. For every idle word, we will give account. Yes. Your words are creating something. Death, or they're creating life. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, very familiar passage of scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, just like we just read in James, you're going to live what you're talking. Mm-hmm. Matthew twelve thirty six, words are powerful. Take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good right there. Mm-hmm. Number three, words are not just words. They are a declaration of what you really believe in your heart. Okay? You don't have to talk to someone very long to figure out what's inside. Mm -hmm. What's stored up in their heart. Because it comes spewing out of the mouth. Whether somebody's full of themselves. Whether somebody's full of doubt. Whether they're full of unbelief. Or whether they're full of faith. Full of power. Full of hope, full of joy, full of excitement. You can tell what's in someone by what's coming out of their mouth. So words are not just words. It's an indicator of what's in my heart. Who look here. 12, Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the what? The mouth does what? Speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you just talk to somebody for just a few minutes, and you know whether they're pitiful or whether they're powerful. Mm. Come on. to what's been stored up in the heart. That's why, you know, the Bible says faith comes by yeah. hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to have the spirit of faith coming out of your mouth, you've got to keep hearing on a continual basis. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by. That's why you've got to keep hearing it and hearing it. Faith doesn't come by what's heard, but, but what I hear on a continual basis. We have to keep hearing it over and over. So NIV says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's your heart overflowing with? What have you poured in it? You know, we have to set a watch on our eye gate and our ear gate. You need to watch who you're hanging around with. You don't allow people to contaminate your atmosphere. You get ready to talk about somebody. Oh, let me go get them and bring them here. Hold on, hold on, wait a minute, let me go get them. Because you're not going to talk about them in my presence. Come on, Pastor. And contaminate the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, you're talking doubt. I got to go. <laughs> so you got to watch who you're hanging out with. You're, who's pouring into your eye gate or through your ear gate. Amen? Amen? David said, I will set my eyes on the faithful of the land. So you have to keep them before you. Amen? All right. So Romans 10, 9, and 10. Um, it's important that we get a revelation on the, revel- uh, on the relationship between our mind, our heart, and our mouth. The mind, the heart, and the mouth. Because they're connected. 
the mind. See, what I continue to meditate on, I continue to think on, it drops to my heart. And then out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth speaks. So it's important what I allow into my mind. See, that's how I'm going to set a guard on my mouth. I don't let it get in in the first place. There's some stuff we got no business watching. There's some stuff we got no business listening to. I like jazz music, jazz music is nice, but you're too broke to be listening to jazz. Maybe you need to listen to the word. Amen? Amen. So there's some music we shouldn't, we shouldn't listen to. I'm not saying anything wrong with jazz. I love jazz. Let me just back that up. I love jazz. Y'all like jazz? Jazz is fine. No yes. problem with jazz. But make sure you're getting a good diet of the word, too. But there's some stuff, you know, songs about cheating, songs about this girl and that girl, and, and they don't use the word girl. Demeaning to women. You know, that kind of, we don't need to listen to that trash. That's not who we are. Mm-hmm. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. You, can, you have no hope of being transformed if you're, putting, if you're drinking out of a salty water and, and clear water. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You've got no hope. You've got to clean up what you listen to. Which, what, don't say, well, it's just music. No, it's words mm-hmm. that are carrying creative power and they're going into my knower. It's going to drop to my heart, and then it's going to come out of my mouth. Yes. And then we'll have whatsoever we say. So do y'all see the cycle? Yeah. What am I letting come in? Because it's going to drop to here. Once it drops to here, I'm going to create it with my mouth. It's, going to come, it's just going to come spewing out. So it's important that we get a revelation on that so that we can police ourselves. That's when you get mature, when you decide, I'm going to police myself. Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth... The Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart. So underline confess with your mouth. And then underline believe in your heart. That God is raised from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now this is talking about being saved. About becoming a child of God. You hear the gospel. It drops to your heart. It's mixed with faith. God has given each one of us the measure of faith. Amen. So you, you mix it. You hear the gospel. You hear that Jesus died for my sins. Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I have messed up. I admit I'm guilty. I have done all kinds of things I know I should have done. So I hear the gospel, that measure of faith, you know, that Jesus died for me, that I can be put back in right relationship. I mix it with faith, and then I confess it with my mouth, and he says, that's how we get saved. That's how confession is made unto salvation. Well, you can change that to anything. For with the heart, one believes unto um, healing. And with the mouth, confession is made unto healing. So you have to believe that it's God's will for your life. Remember I told you like two weeks ago, you've got to really receive that thing. Mm -hmm. If you really believe you receive it, you'll have whatsoever you say. If you believe you receive, you really believe you've got that thing. You really believe that it's God's will for you to be healed. It's really God's will for you to be blessed. Really God's will for you to be happy. Really God's will for you to have joy and not depression. Amen. You have peace and not have anxiety. There's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. There's literally an epidemic of depression and a suicidal spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I heard on the radio, um, I think it was the day before yesterday, that 77,000 more people died last year than the year before. 
And that was middle-aged people. And they attributed most of it to people dying because of suicide. There's been an epidemic of suicide. That's a spirit. And the other is because of opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. It's affecting a pocket of people that hadn't been affected by that before, by drug abuse. Because you get it by prescription. Mm-hmm. You hooked on it just because you broke your leg. Mm-hmm. 70,000 more people died. And the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. you got to know that depression is, it does not belong to you. And that when, when um, you know, that voice begins to talk to you, say, well, you ought to just kill yourself. Mm-hmm. You've you got to know, you know, you, I know who I am, like that song we just sang. you got to know who you are. No, I'm a child of God. That is, that's a voice that I, I'm not to follow. Mm-hmm. See, you've got to know so that you can stand against that kind of stuff. you got to know where it's coming from. So that's, that's epidemic. So you've got to know that you might get hit with that. Somebody in your family might get hit with that. Somebody that you love might get hit with that. And you've got to pray for them so that they have something to fight with. Come on now. But I'm talking to you today so that you know <clears throat> how important it is that you take your thoughts captive. Because thoughts that are not taken captive, they're going to drop to your heart. Then it comes out of your mouth. You act on it. Number four, I must be strategic concerning my heart and my words. Strategic. That was a really good word that popped into my spirit as I was studying for this lesson. It's, it's really something that you learn to do, that you strategize about, and then it just becomes lifestyle. Strategic about it. Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So on purpose, I strategically seek out the scriptures for my situation. You know, the best concordance to find a scripture is Google. God is famous. God is still famous. He is all over Google. Any scripture, I use that more. I used to use a concordance on my computer, but it's too slow and it's not as thorough. Because more people Google scriptures, I believe, than just about anything else. So I will, I will Google just a portion of the scripture that I know up pops the, the scriptural reference and where it is. Mm-hmm. So Google is an awesome thing. It sure is. So you just, if you, let's just say your situation is, um, well, let's just take healing, for example. Okay, you say, you know, I just got a report from the doctor. Um, so how do I stand against this sickness? So just you just Google scriptures on sickness. Okay? Then you turn that thing around. We know that, that we, we would find Isaiah in there where Isaiah said, by his stripes we were healed. Or we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. No doubt about that right there. So you turn that into a confession. Declare it December. Turn it, amen. Turn it into a declaration. Okay? If it says by his stripes um, we, we are healed, then you make it personal and you make it present tense. You say, by his stripes I am healed. Because that's who you really are in your spirit. Amen? You are the healed resisting sickness. You're not sick trying to get healed. But you are the healed resisting sickness. So you turn it into a faith declaration that says, I am healed. That's who I am. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be strategic about it. So keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. So I'm going to put a guard. I'm going to watch my mouth. So we fill up strategically. All right, so let's just say maybe anxiety is, is a problem. You would just Google scriptures on anxiety. You know, and the scripture that comes to mind is over in Timothy. For God has not given us the spirit of fear mm-hmm. or anxiety or, or of timidity or cringing and, cra- cra- and, and fawning fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. The, the Bible said in the 
Amplified, it says a well-balanced um, self-discipline. So look at it in more than one translation. Look at it in the message translation. Look at it in the Amplified translation. And put together a faith declaration, okay? Well, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're experiencing anxiety, that's a spirit. It's a spirit. Do you hear me this morning? Yes. It's a spirit. It's not just you. I'm just feeling some anxiety. That's not what it is. It is a spirit, and you have to deal with it. He's given us the keys of the kingdom, but we've got to put it in the door and open it. Amen. Amen. So you would change that into a faith declaration and say, I have the spirit of love. Yes. Thank you, Father. I have the spirit of a sound mind. I have peace. Peace belongs to me. The, the prince of peace lives on the inside of me. I declare peace over myself today. It's my right. Once you find the scripture, you got to make sure you are convinced of it. Because you got to believe it in your heart. Yes. You know, just like you believed on Christ. I mean, you believe that thing. Yes. you got to believe it in your heart. Peace belongs to me. Peace like a river. Yes. Peace that you cannot comprehend. That's the, the peace. When you Google scriptures on peace, these are all the ones that are going to come up. You turn it into strategically. I'm going to write it down. I brought my journal with me today so I can show you. I, I just, I made it special. I, I said I'm going to have one of our wedding pictures put on the cover. But, uh, but it's full of scripture where I write out scripture every day. Every day I write out scripture. I put things in there that I'm studying and thinking about. Um, write down a vision that God gives me for things. So I have it right there all the time. Write, get you a journal, carry it with you. If you're techie, do it on your phone. Just use notes on your phone if that helps you. But I like having the book. Mm-hmm. I can always go back and find it easily. I, sometimes that's a, a way that I learn. But you want to have you a journal so that you write out the scriptures and the topics that you're believing God for. Amen. Amen. So do that. Turn to your neighbor and say, do it. I'm holding you accountable. I will see your book next week. Bring your book. Bring your book, Bring your book next week. Okay? We hold each other accountable. That's, God said there's got to be a level of accountability or you'll go out and, and come back the same next week. Come on now. He, yes. wants you, he wants to see real change. Really stretch for it. Really reach for it. So next week, I want to see your book. Yes. Or your app. Or your notes. On your phone. I want to see it. Yeah. Can, can you just hunt your neighbor and say, I'll bring my book next week and you bring I'm yours. I'll bring my book next week. You bring yours. <laughs> All right. And you know, that's why class is so important. The foundational truth that you need to know. You, within 12 weeks, we're going to make sure you have them. And you'll have notes that you can put in a binder. And you can always go back and refer to it. Now, what did, what did the words, what, what did she say about authority? What, did, what is it about that? You can go back and look at it. Amen. Amen. So foundational truths. That's on Sunday mornings at 930 with Pastor Carolyn. It's awesome. Come and be a part of that. All right. Psalm 45.1. David said, my heart is overflowing with a good thing. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Amen. So this is a challenge I'm issuing. That we all watch over our mouths. Amen. And husbands and wives hold each other accountable. Children, hold your parents accountable. You know they will too, won't they? All right, Philippians 4, 8. This is a good filter right here for you. You want to know what, what you should say, what you shouldn't say? Right here. You can say, but Pastor Sally, it's true. It's true. What is it lovely? Is it praiseworthy? Is it of a good report? Bible says believe the best of every person, but it's true. I heard, a, I heard a, a story about, let, let me read the scripture that I'll tell you the story. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on this th these things. So, you know, we used to have a sign up in this place years ago. You remember it? Remember the sign? It said, only words that are true, lovely, praiseworthy, and of a good report are allowed at this church. So we, would, we had it hanging at the front door. If, if, you, if you contaminate the atmosphere, we'll take you out to that sign and let you read it. Now you can step outside until you get your mouth right, then you can come back here. We didn't tolerate it. We, didn't, we just absolutely did not tolerate any kind of words that was you talking down on yourself, talking down on somebody else, talking doubt, talking fear. We, we didn't allow it. So let that be the filter for your mouth. Is it true? Might be true. Okay, let me tell you my story. This is Mike Murdoch. Everybody know who Mike Murdoch is? Preacher, um, pretty well known. He's been around for a long time. He, he did a, 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 a series about the Holy Spirit. And man, I'm telling you, the, you sense the Holy Spirit in these meetings that he would have. It was so powerful. It was so wonderful, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he, um, he, he said something. Somebody said something about one of his staff members said, yeah, he's lazy. He said, yeah, he is. He's just lazy. He got in agreement with a guy calling the guy lazy. He said, well, he is lazy. It's true. He is lazy. But when he got back to his room, he could tell he had quenched the Holy Spirit. He's like, wait a minute. What's wrong? Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Something's wrong. I quenched the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is sensitive. Mm -hmm. He can be grieved. It says, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth and grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve him. He's sensitive. See, when you get your words right, you're going to have a sense of the presence of God like you've never had before. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when you lose your keys, you just backtrack. Where's the last time I remember having? And it pops in his mind. Why did you call my servant lazy? He said, well, God is lazy. He said, but he's a project of mine. And you grieved me when you said that about him. He had to call the, call the man as midnight. He called the man he said it about, and he called the man he said it to. Yeah. He said, y'all get to my room. They were in a hotel because they were at a meeting. He called them both down there. He said, you, I asked you to forgive me, brother. I called you lazy. I need you to forgive me. And then the one he said it to, he said, I need you. I need to repent to you. And I, I need you to forgive me for calling, for calling your brother lazy. He got it straight. That went back to the room. Peace came back. Mm -hmm. the, the power and presence of God. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a lesson I never forgot. It's important that we don't contaminate the atmosphere. So there's, we've got to have a filter on our tongue. You're like, what is the filter? There's the filter. Philippians 4 8. Put a big star by that. Number five, my declaration is the key to breakthrough. It's the key to breakthrough. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am the son of Van Am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Peter means rock. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or powers of the invisible world, shall not prevail against it. 
And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now what that is saying there is, is God is not saying, and Jesus is not saying that upon Peter he was going to build his, his church. Because Peter was a man. But it was on the rock of revelation and of who he was as the Christ. When that rock of revelation, that's, that's what I'm going to build on. You say, you're, you're a rock, Peter. This is, this is the rock of revelation that I can build my church on. And even the powers of the invisible world cannot prevail against it. And he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. It's not St. Peter up there with a set of keys waiting for you to pass through the pearly gates and say, yeah, you can come on in. Or no, I'm sorry. That's not what it is. And a lot of people believe that's what it is. That's what we've been taught. I always taught that, you know, by uh, other people in the Catholic Church. But that's not the truth. So here's, here's the truth. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. When we talk about tying things up physically, or loosing something physically, no. Look what it says here in the Amplifies. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind. Declare, underline that, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loose in heaven. Okay, let's think about heaven for a minute. Is anybody sick in heaven? No. Is anybody experiencing any lack in heaven? No. Is anybody depressed in heaven? No. Is anybody um, anxious in heaven? No. No. Do you think they're enjoying life in heaven? Yes. Then, that's, then that's our meter for what we declare here on this earth. He said, I've given you the keys. And the key is, declare it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you declare must be what is already lawful or not lawful in heaven. Do y'all see this? Yes. Do you see what a powerful thing this is? Is that he has given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We have the, we have the power to, to bind and we have the power to loose. We have the power to bind anything that doesn't belong to us. I bind this sickness in the name of Jesus. I bind this lack in the name of Jesus. Because keys do two things. They lock and they unlock. Amen? It gives you access or it denies access to something into a place you don't want it there. Come on, somebody. Do y'all see the power of your words? Whatever you declare, that's what it's going to be is what God is saying. If you bind it, it's bound. If you loose it, it's loose. He's given us incredible power in the words of our mouth. Yes. Hallelujah. Look at the message it says, and that's not all. You have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no in heaven. Amen. Wow. Every promise of God is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But he's waiting to yes and amen. But it's up to us to speak it, to create it. Yeah. Are y'all with me this morning? Yes. Come on, I know I'm preaching good. John 142, it says, Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, or Cephas, which is translated a stone. Now see what's awesome here is that this is John 142. He called him Peter over here in Matthew 16, which is much later. But right here in John 142, Jesus is speaking it into existence before it actually happened over in Matthew.
Matthew 16, 13. Mm -hmm. Wow. He called him a stone when he was still wishy-washy Peter, Simon, the fisherman. Mm -hmm. Jesus spoke that thing into existence, y'all. You see that he said it long before he was Peter. And you know what's, what's so awesome is, it's awesome and it gives us a real good picture of ourselves. And how can we, we can be influenced with our words? Yeah. Is that a few minutes after Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. You've gotten a download from heaven. No mortal man spoke this to you, no mortal wisdom, but the wisdom of God was made manifest to you. You're blessed. I say, You're a rock, Peter. And then a few minutes later, Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die for everyone. Just a few days from now, I'm going to be taken into, I'm going to be taken, I'm going to be arrested, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be crucified for mankind. And Peter said, we will not let this happen. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Isn't that funny how one minute he's talking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the next minute he's speaking by inspiration of the devil. Aren't we something, y'all? Because we have to watch over our words. Yes. Peter hadn't yet realized or understood how to, he hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. He received the download, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't be poured out until Jesus is gone. But in Acts, he, the Holy Spirit was poured out. <laughs> Number two, what happens when I declare God's word over my life? You know, there's enough power in God's word to bring it to pass. Within his word, there's enough power in it. There's enough power in his word to bring it to pass. There's enough power in it. There's enough power in it to bring it to pass. Because his word is not just words. Look here at Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. Amen. So his word is able to do things. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is what? Living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God is saying, get your short sword out and start fighting. Get, you don't like what you're living? Get the sword out and start fighting. Google up the scriptures you need for whatever it is you're going through or whatever it is you want to go that next level. We talked about next level for a whole month, okay? Here's how you get there. Get your sword out and start fighting your way there. It's the only offensive weapon that we've been given. Everything else is defensive. So the only offensive weapon, weapon is what? Start speaking the word of God and taking territory. Throw the, throw the sword out there and take some ground. Throw it out there some more and take some more ground. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. Sword of the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You find that over in Ephesians chapter 6. Take the, take the sword of the Spirit. Which is the word of God. You yes. wield it like a sword. When you see yourself speaking, when you start speaking the word, just see that you're wielding a spiritual sword. Yes. <sighs> faith comes by hearing, but it's released by the words of my mouth. Yes. So faith is released. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all, all things are possible to him who believes. So if you can believe it, begin to speak it. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Amen. Faith is, oh, oh, I didn't give you number one. Number one, faith is released and God is pleased. 
Faith is released. What happens when I declare God's word over my life? Faith is released and God is pleased. Okay? Without faith, it's impossible to believe him. And faith is not faith until you start speaking. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is released by the words of my mouth. Have faith in God. Surely I say you have faith in God. For anyone says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, he will have whatsoever he says. So faith faith begins when I begin to speak. Amen? Yes. Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you're going to please God when you begin to speak in faith. God is pleased when I begin to speak. Amen? Amen. Number two, satanic forces are stopped. When you begin to speak the word of God, it stops satanic forces. We wonder why the devil is, 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 is just rolling right over us. Why we keep dealing with the same thing. You've got to shut him down yes. with the words of your mouth. Lock him down. You've been given the keys of the kingdom. Lock the doors. Amen? Amen. Lock him down. Throw away the keys. <laughs> Amen? No, don't throw away the keys. All right, satanic forces are stopped. Look at Luke 17, 9, uh, 10, 17 through 19. It says uh, Jesus has sent out 70. He had sent out 70 of them to go preach the word, go preach the gospel ahead of him before he went in, which I thought was really awesome. He sent people to go and preach ahead of, ahead of him. Sort of before he got there, he wanted them to be primed and ready. That was awesome. So the 70, it says, after they'd gone out and done that, it says the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. In your name. Demons are subject to you when you use the name of Jesus. When you speak the word, power goes out that shuts them down. Verse 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So would you please underline that part? I give you the authority. <coughs> That's the bad scripture. Thank you, Pinda. You, you've said that because I've said it over and over and over again. That's your bad scripture. Amen. That's one thing you learn in Firm Foundation. High five to you, Kenta. Yes. <laughs> That's your bad scripture. That's the first thing you come out of his mouth because I've taught you all that for so many years. Um, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents. He's under your feet. The devil belongs under your feet, but it's up to you to put him there. All right, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 3. I'm sorry, number 3. What happens when I speak God's word? 3. Power to create is released. Amen. Power to create is released. Creative power is released by my words. And we've already kind of had this point once, but creative power is released by my words. I'm either creating life or I'm creating death. Amen? Amen. So I'm, what I'm, I'm creating what I'm speaking. So creative power is released when I speak. Hebrews 11.3. By faith. We understand that the worlds were what? By faith we understand that the worlds were framed or came into existence by the word of God. By God simply speaking and declaring it. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You hear the sound of my voice but you don't see it. My spoken words are invisible, but they carry so much power that everything that was created was created with words. Words are invisible, but 
but they're so they're more powerful than anything you can see that is visible. I hope y'all are getting a revelation on this today. Amen. Power to create is the <clears throat> worlds were framed by the word of God. Everything that was made was made with things that are in, invisible. So power to create is released. Say amen if you got that. Amen. Number four, I loose angels to go to work on my behalf. When we speak the word of God, angels are given an assignment to go to work for us. Ministering spirits. Yes. Angels are ministering spirits who are assigned to work on your behalf. Yes. And fight on your behalf in the spirit realm, in the invisible realm. They're invisible spirits fighting for us in the invisible realm. So they're created by God to work on our behalf. Psalm 103.20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So when you speak the word, angels are at your command. They go out and, and begin to work on your behalf. And then I remember reading about, um, about uh, the prophet, if it was Elijah or Elisha, who his, his, um, there, were, there was an army who was coming against him. There was so many. And he goes out, and Elisha is there by himself. And the, the servant goes out, and he looks, and he sees how many are against him. He's like, oh, my gosh, we're in trouble. And he runs back to Elisha, and he says, we're in trouble. We're surrounded by our enemy. And Elisha says, don't worry, there's more with us than there are with him. He's like, one, two. <laughs> Let me count backwards. One, two. There's just the two of us here. I don't see any more. He said, God opened his eyes and he can see that there's more with us than there's with him. And the man's eyes were open and he could see the spirit realm. He could see that all around him. There were, there were so many um, warring angels and, and chariots all around him that they literally outnumbered the physical enemy that they could see with them. Yes. So you've got to know there's always more with us than there are with them. Yes. Why one third of the heavenly hosts fell when Satan fell. One third went with him. There's always two thirds more. Amen? Amen? And two thirds that are on the right side. Praise God. And so there's always more in number with us than there are with them. And then I, I began to think about David and how when David's enemy had come against him, and uh, he said, Lord, shall I go up against him and fight him with the Philistines? And the Lord said, yeah, go on. You're, you're going to beat him. He said, you're going to give him into my hand? God said, yes, I'm giving him into your hand. Go fight him. So he went and fought and came back with a great victory. And the Philistines were just slaughtered. Well, the dummies that the Philistines are, they did it again. So here we are, Philistines against David and them, part two. They come against him again, and he goes to the Lord again. Lord, shall I go up against them? God said, no, this time, you're not going to go up against them. This time, I got this. So he said, I want you to just go where the mulberry trees are. Come up from behind. He said, and when you hear the sound of marching in the trees... When you hear the sound of marching above you in the trees, he said, just go up because I, I will deliver them into your hand. God said, I got this one. So when we speak God's word, angels are dispatched. There was a whole army of angels that went out and defeated David's enemy for him. If you could just see the heavenly host that's available to you as we speak his word. Yes. But they're released as we speak. Amen? Yes. So I want you to think about that heavenly host that you're going to be dispatching as you begin to speak his word. And this is not just another word. This is, this is a, a challenging word. Aren't you glad you go to a church where you don't just come in and feel good and go home the same? Yes. Aren't you glad that you go to a church where you're actually challenged to do something different? Yes. To change and to grow? So everybody's going to get a what this week? 
Journal. And what are you going to put in that journal? And what are you going to do with those scriptures? Make a confession. Yeah, everybody got that? Yeah. So what are you going to get this week? Journal. What are you going to put in it? Where are you going to get those scriptures? Google. Thank you. Y'all got it. I was to talk good today because y'all got it. Y'all are going to give yourself a hand clap. Good job. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we have been challenged and we salute you, Lord, and we say, yes, we will. Yes, we will. We will get a journal this week. We will take our mouth to another level. We will use the filter of your word, Lord, that only things that are true, lovely, praiseworthy, and of a good report will come out of our mouths. Lord, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit with our words. So, Lord, we're stepping up to another, another level on purpose, strategically, by watching our words. And, Father, we thank you, sir, for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's no condemnation, but we thank you for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. We go from glory to glory as the Spirit of God speaks to us. So, Lord, we say speak, and we will listen, and we will grow. Lord, you want to talk to each one of us individually. So, Lord, right now we declare, we declare of our ears, we have ears to hear. Everybody say that. Say, I have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. We just had our first day confession. So, Lord, we hear your voice. Make us even more sensitive to your Holy Spirit. We want to grow. We want to we want to order our lives by your word, which is your will for our lives. So we may we have a greater revelation on the power of our words, and may we hold ourselves and one another accountable. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you, Father. We declare a hundredfold return on this this word. Now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I know I'm not right with God. I want to be right with God. Would you please pray for me today that I could find my way back to Him, that, that I, my life would be back on track with Him, I'd be back in right relationship with Him. Pastor Sally, pray for me. That's your prayer today. Yes. I'll pray for you. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. What I'd like to do right now is just, just to really say, Lord, I really want to connect with you. This is, this is connection time. This is a time when we connect with the Spirit of God. We connect with Jesus and invite Him to be the Lord of our lives. I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget the day that I knelt down in my closet at 31 years old. Threw my hands in the air as I threw running. Lord, I give you my life. I give up every conceivable right to myself and I place myself completely in your hands. Have your way. That was the most liberating day of my life when I gave up control and I let him become the Lord of my life. And maybe some of you, that's where you are today. You know, I, I, I believe in God. I, I love the way I feel when I come to church, but I've never really surrendered and said, God, I want your will for me more than I want my will for me. Show me, teach me. I'll never forget the day that I did that. My life has never been the same 
And I stand before you today as I am only because of that day that I, that I gave up and grabbed hold of God. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. That's you. Today's your day. December the 1st. It's the 1st, right? December the 2nd, 2018. I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just repeat after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I'm out of your will. I, I, I messed up. Sometimes on purpose. Sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for all the wrong that I've ever done against you or anyone else. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, the wrong I did. And I believe that God raised you from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give up and give you control. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart. You have these little connection cards. If you would, just make sure that you fill it out. So the Bible says that you can't just believe and, and not let someone know. He says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. Nobody wants to be denied before the Father. We want to all be confessed by Jesus. Amen? And so this is your simple way to do it. We don't have to stand up and come to the altar or anything like that. But what I'd like you to do is just take this little card. And on the back, there's a place that says, yes, a little box. Just check the box. It says, I choose Jesus and, and commit my life to him as my Lord. Just put a check mark on there. In just a moment, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings.